1: you look uh, there was trouble today there really
0: was no room to hide the Dow plummets It's
3: the worst week for stocks since January 2016
0: for the week a 4% plunge the worst since the start of 2016 the dip that many people were saying they wanted. This is what it looks like tonight. Mad money is live to bring you the information and answers you need to make the right move Monday when the market reopens. Now, live in Minneapolis, my mission is simply Jim to make
4: you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a work in somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to a very special edition of Mad Money, live from Minneapolis. Other people just want to make friends. I'm trying to save and make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So I want you to call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. We got rocked today, and we need to talk about the significance of this breakdown. By, by no means was this a garden variety sell-off. This was not some shrug your shoulders, no harm, no foul correction. Not with the Dow ending up down 666 points, S&P plunging 2.12%, NASDAQ plummeting 1.96%. So how do we get hit with such a brutal decline after experiencing such a placid multi-month rally? Tonight we're live, live so I can explain exactly what happened today and help you figure out how to respond to it, how to even profit from it. We aren't doing our usual show. I'm going to take advantage of the fact that we're out here in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl and bring in my friend Scotty Wadler from Halftime, as well as a couple of guys you want to hear from on a day like today, John and Pete Nigerian, so we can put this thing in some sort of context to help you survive and thrive, or at least preserve that nest egg. First, before we delve into the proverbial bear's belly, we must never forget that we've had a terrific run in the stock market. I mean, a fabulous one, joyous even. The rally brought a huge number of individual investors into the market. Some new people got a lot of people thinking that stocks are a smart place to put your money in. After years of despising the entire asset class, that run is now over. And I hope those happy thoughts are over, over too. Because frankly, as much as we might like companies such as Amazon or Apple or Alphabet, all of which we'll discuss tonight, don't worry about it. You can't let yourself get so enamored of them that you lull yourself into believing they can only go up. Remember, stocks are, in the end, just pieces of paper. Today was a potent reminder that what comes up can also come down and often goes down faster than you might think. And unlike so many other times in the last few years, and certainly since President Trump was elected, we got no bounds. None. It wasn't like bargain hunters came in and said, now's the time, now's the time we've been waiting, we've been patient, this is our moment to pounce. It was the exact opposite. It was pure panic, nauseating panic even. People threw out the good with the bad. It didn't matter whether a company had just reported strong numbers as recently as this week or weak ones. It didn't matter if companies had a fabulous outlook or one that was convoluted or soft. They all went down pretty much at the same pace. Let's just call it indiscriminate. Does the panic make sense? Oh, come on. It's mad money. Panic never makes sense. Panic's a sucker's game. Today created situations you want to run into and other situations that make you want to run away, not just from the stock, but from the entire asset class, screaming the whole way. That's why we're using our special panel to figure out which is which. Look, I'm not disputing for a one moment that today wasn't anything but plum ugly. But let's put a huge caveat in here. The absolute numbers for this decline may sound big. Hey, there was a time back in 1987 when I was trading where a down 500-point day was a crash. There were times during the financial crisis when these numbers were eclipsed, and we still came out on the other side, didn't we? Didn't we? The center held. In the end, it was a colossal buying opportunity. If you waited to see the whites of the seller's eyes, I didn't see any whites today. But here's the thing. The absolute numbers, they don't matter. Only the percentages are important. When the Dow lost 500 points in 87, that was a 22% decline. We may have lost 666 points today, but it was off a much, much, much higher level, translating into only a 2.5% decline for the Dow. Only. I know it's awful, but it's not a crash. In fact, today's decline didn't even repeal most of the market's gains since the beginning of the year. Not last year, but this year. We barely scratched the surface. Why do I put it like that? Am I some sort of Pollyanna, some sort of bull cheerleader? Hardly. Earlier this week, I told you that I'd done some selling for my charitable trust, unloading some of my favorite investments. It was painful, but a lot less painful than today. These were trades and investments. That's right. I took off long-term positions. Why? Pretty simple. Don't have my soundboard here, but if I did, you know what it would say. Bulls make money. Bears make money. Cue the guillotine. Pigs get slaughtered. You were a pig if you hadn't sold something, anything, already. Now let's put some facts on the table. We are in the midst of one of the greatest economic expansions that I've seen in decades. We are in the most pro-business, pro-profit creation moment that I have ever seen. We have a president, love him or hate him, who's been relentless in his embrace of the stock market. I know it seems like an awful long time ago, but just this Tuesday at the State of the Union address, President Trump discussed how $8 trillion in wealth have been created in the market. Okay, it's less now, but you get the picture, don't you? Aided by tax reform, our companies are more flush than any time I can ever recall. Beautiful balance sheets. I'm sure on Monday, many of the chieftains of the industry will be puzzling over how much money they should put to work themselves, buying back their stock because they know I'm right about how strong things really are. You don't need to look far for confirmation. Just this morning we got an amazingly strong job support, robust hiring, 4.1% unemployment rate, and even a smidgen of wage growth. So then why not buy stocks hand over fist? Why not be brave enough to step in and just start buying here? First, I think that a lot of people have already bought. They don't have enough money to buy more. Oh, there was so much optimism coming into this year and so little skepticism that we need to burn off some of the euphoria before we go all in. Burn it off. Second, if you haven't done any buying for your retirement portfolio yet, well, you got a chance. I recommend you start next week, next Monday. In fact, I go so far as to say you're getting a terrific chance to slowly put some money to work at lower prices than you even dreamed of a few weeks ago. But if you don't have cash on the sidelines, uh, well, then you're actually probably going to have to sell some things in order to make more opportunistic buys, get into better stuff. What can you sell? How about anything that's gone up so much that you feel like a pig for owning it? Just sell enough so that you'll feel better if the stock gets hammered, not worse. Yes, yeah, suit yourself. Also, hey, here's some specifics. I would be a seller of the oils. They act terribly. Maybe we've seen the high in oil barring some sort of geopolitical event. And you know what else I get rid of? How about stocks that haven't moved much in the last few months? You know why? Because they ain't never going to move. What a buy? Okay, we're going to be all over that after the break. But as I said earlier this week, I like to fall back on big themes in this kind of environment that I predicted could occur. The defense stocks are my absolute favorite. I like aerospace, that part of tech that I think is the cloud and the Internet of Things, including Amazon, which we now know has been crowned the best in business. More on that later. The banks are good. Stocks got clobbered today because of higher interest rates. Hey, bad for many groups. Nirvana for the banks. Everything else, there will be plenty of time to buy others, including some retailers, and I am getting interested in that. Some industrials, some special situations. Companies that are helping themselves out that got thrown out with the bathwater. So let me give you the bottom line from Minneapolis. We were due. It's not the end of the world. However, it might be the end of the Fairy tale world, which is just as well. People, it has been too easy. It is about to get hard, not impossible, but a heck of a lot harder than it's been. Let's take calls. Let's go to Marsha in Texas. Marcia.
3: Well, hi, Jim. This is Marcia in Texas, and I'm calling about uh, uh, DWDP. What's your opinion of it, Al? And where do you see it in two years as an investment? And also, when do you think this will sell off, the sell-off will end? Thank you.
4: All right. Thank you, Marcia. First of all, thank you for your calm demeanor on a very difficult day. And thank you for coming with a stock that my Chapel Trust owners think the world of, Dow Dupont. Spoke with Ed Breen, who's the CEO, and Andrew Liveris, who's also involved. And you know what? Just this week, they reported a great quarter. Now, the stock did go down four points. Why did it go down four points? Some people felt that the breakup into three companies is taking too long. That's wrong. It's right on schedule. Some people felt that the agricultural division wasn't strong enough. That's wrong. They happened to pull a weekend from Brazil that wasn't that special. I say, don't worry about it. I say, put your money to work in that stock on Monday. When do I think that this market is going to bottom? No, it's way too early. And anyway, bottoms are rolling rolling operations. A third of the stock market will bottom, and then another third and another third. It's been like that since 1979 when I first pulled the trigger on a stock. So let's take our time, but you happen to pick a good one, one that just reported, one that I can tell you is very strong for a multi-year move. We're going to Joe in California.
1: Joe. Hey, booyah, Kramer. I'm Joe from uh, 82-degree Mission Viejo, California. Please give me your opinion on the recent huge drop on SMG. Buy, hold, or sell. Thank you and love your show. Keep up the great work. Joe, thank you for the
4: encouragement. And, by the way, when I woke up, it was minus 8.2, which is about as close as I'm going to get to California. Scott's Miracle Oil deeply troubled this week. Why? Because it reported a number in the worst division, What's the Hawthorne division? What's the Hawthorne division? That's the division about hydroponics. What are hydroponics code for? Growing pot in your house. And you know what? What this business shows to me is is that if you own this stock not for Scott's Miracle Grow, not for the planting season, but just for pot, you've been had. I like the spring selling season. It's going to start. We'll be in touch with Home Depot to find out how good that's going to be. But right now you are in... No man's land. That stock could go to the mid 80s before it bottoms. However, it is a good company. It was just being used as a vehicle for the wrong object. Cameron in New York, Cameron. Yes. You are in no man's land. Yes. Hello. Cameron, Hello. go ahead. You hi. got uh, me, the Cameron.
1: Anheuser-Busch. The wrong Cameron
4: <laughs> you know what? I think I, I think that Anheuser-Busch's time may actually be here. And I'm not just saying that because I can't wait to see their, their ads this Sunday. Here's the deal with the Busch: Bush. The stock has come down. It looks like that there's, a, I'd say, a resurgence of the non-craft beers. They have a ton of cash. Here's the problem. This quarter won't be good. I've done enough work to know that this is not the quarter. So you want to hear it, what they say, let the stock come in, and then you pull the trigger. By the way, I'll give you a for. I feel the same way about Molson mm not here, not now. John, that's, I love the, uh, it's tap, by the way, it's the symbol. Don't you love that? John in California, John. Booyah, Jim, From out here at your 10th and P fan club. I thought that's where For I did live, unfortunately, in my car, but what an address. What's going on? <laughs> okay.
0: Anyway, I call the Oracle to the ordinary people about Warren Buffett, I got Berkshire B. What do you think of uh, Berkshire B in these turbulent times?
4: You know, it's freezing out here, and that stock makes me feel warm. I think that sometimes if you take Warren Buffett's perspective, you'll realize that, wait a second, what happened today? I don't know. He would say you won't even see it in a few years, maybe in a few months. I say you buy that stock next week. All right, look, things have been too easy. We were due for a pullback. But I think it is about to get hard. Not impossible, and of course, we're going to get through it together. Oh, maybe tonight, after the worst week for the Dow since January 2016, I'm revealing some of the factors at play. And we got a CMC All-Star panel, the brothers Nigerian, and my buddy Scott Wapner here. Yeah, it's a special edition of Mad Money. And we are on the hunt, not just for pitfalls, but for opportunities. Stick with Kramer.
0: Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnBC.com.
4: I thought I'd come out here and just watch a terrific football game, but we got a horrendous day. All right, it's not the end of the world. As I mentioned earlier, But perhaps the end of the old world, the old easy world, beginning of a new one. Still, I'm in Minneapolis, and we're still going to play on Sunday. And I can't help thinking of the two Super Bowls. Okay, there's the NFL Super Bowl, where my beloved and underdog Eagles face off against the perennially favored Pats. And then there's the Stock Market Super Bowl, between the Bulls and the Bears. Today, the Bulls got mauled. And it's not just the broader averages, people. A couple of perennial winners... Apple and Alphabet have been transformed into what can only be called underdogs, maybe even losers, overnight. Both stocks down more than 4% today, while Amazon's become like the Patriots, with Jeff Bezos acting as the stock market version of Tom Brady. Speaking of the Super Bowl, I do have a Super Bowl group of panelists I'm going to bring on the set in a minute. Scotty Watner, along with a couple of Minnesota denizens, John and Pete Najarian, my buds. But let's start with Apple. For the last 18 months, the stock had been on a steamroll. But after last night's quarter, it now has a distinct underdog feel. I thought the near-universal downbeat research about Apple ahead of the quarter might immunize its stock against a hard fall. Nah, that was wrong. When the company announced its best quarter ever, but complied with the storyline that numbers going forward are too high, even as it's clear that Apple's performing fantastically versus almost any other worldwide operation, (laughs) the stock, it got clobbered. I still say own it. Don't trade it. But I've also been saying, and I reiterate, it hasn't bottomed yet. Meanwhile, Alphabet reported a monster number that nevertheless wasn't monster enough. Then gave you a kind of rest on their laurels forecast that brought the stock back to Earth and then some. Wait, for more downside. <coughs> on the other hand, you've got the Pats. I'm sorry, not the Pats. I mean, you've got Amazon, the online colossus. That delivered a trifecta of goodness, amazing retail sales, Think Prime, an incredibly robust ad business out of nowhere and a dominant web services division that remains unassailable no matter what its competitors try to pull. I know it was up nearly 40 points today. Guess what? It's a buy. Amazon would have been up 100 if the tape weren't so ugly. There's the three, the three that I thought it was all going to be about today, but not. There was more to it. You know what? Let's head over after this brutal day, and let's put it in context by the worst one day with have lost in 20 to Bob Pisani, staying late for me and for mad money, get a sense of what it was like from the floor. Bob, historic day. Nobody I want to talk to more than you. Tell us what you're seeing down there.
1: Well, you know, Jim, three issues have rattled the markets. Rising rates, far and away the most important issue, but there's also some political risk we've been seeing. And today, a little bit of earnings disappointments. You highlighted that. How many people have been waiting for this day, Jim, talking to us for months about it? How many guys down here and on trading desks all over the U.S. have messaged me in the last six months and said the markets can't keep going up because we're at a stupid multiple at 19 or 20 times? How many technicians have messaged me and said the S&P is 6% above its 50-day moving average and it's 10% above its 200-day, and that just doesn't happen? It just can't keep going on, Bob. So today, I heard a lot on the floor. It's about time, Bob. I heard a lot of... Thank God the volatility is back because traders have been miserable with this low volatility. Prices going up, but they're not making any money. They're just not having enough volume. But volume and volatility have been spiking. The VIX has moved from 11 to 17 in a week. That's the highest level we've seen since just before the election. And the volume has come back. The NYSE averaged 3.2 billion shares a day going into the new year. Now it's averaging 3.6 billion. That's 12% higher. That's much better volume. So the question now is, what about all those loudmouths who keep saying they're dying to buy the market 5% below the current price? Well, here's your chance. Here's the opportunity. And the 50 and 200-day averages are a good starting point. We closed a historic high, 2872 on the S&P. That was January 26th a few weeks ago we closed today at 2762 4% below that high the 50 day moving average for the S&P 500 is 2716 that's a nice number just 6% below the highs the 200 day 2532 those are 12% below the highs those are perfect numbers for people to circle and let's see if we get some buying interest go eagles jim oh bob thank you
4: so much if i just one quick question in the last 10 minutes I saw no buying, I saw more selling. What was going on? Why didn't any bargain hunter come in at all?
1: Know, this was the problem that we had throughout the day. Uh, we saw this with some of the release uh, of the GOP report in the middle of the day. All of a sudden, the bids got canceled. It wasn't that the selling activity picked up dramatically. It's just that the buyers kind of walked away. And that makes a lot of sense. The sellers are still out there saying, hey, wait a minute. Um, there's a lot of people who keep saying they're going to buy 5% below. We're almost there. Why should we sell now? The buyers just aren't that interested right now because they want to see how the market uh, plays out in the next few days.
4: Well, that's about as perfect and as I'd say succinct way you can put it. Bob, also from Philadelphia, so we know that Bob Pisani. I am indeed. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Okay. Go birds. You too. All right. Let me bring in my pal, Scott Wapner of the halftime report. Hey, Scotty, I heard you say this in the green room. I'm going to betray you. The sanctity of it. Dow down 666. Six, six. How ominous, said, how ominous is that I said how ominous <laughs> is that is that number
5: um, look I've been working over my Rolodex over the last few hours and you right. know the kinds of investors that I speak with yes. I'm not going to give know. not going to give I'm you what I'm doing I'm not going to give you the names but I'm going to give you their knowledge yes, please. from from what they were talking about and one of the prevailing thoughts that I got, was people were just way too bullish. There was way too much complacency. There was no way the market should have been up as much as it was in January. Howard Marks talked about the level of complacency. People have been talking about too much euphoria in the market. And by the way, if they in that the great market. interview,
4: they might not have just been sitting around with all this, uh, let's just say, alphabet. Jim, there were stocks that
5: were up double-digit percentage points in January from the beginning of the year. Right. Are there reasons to be optimistic? Of course there are. Earnings are up. The tax reform is transformational. The dollar has been lower. Earnings have been good across big companies, industrials, from the Dow that we've been talking about, that you talk about on a a daily basis. And the other point they made was market strategists, okay? The market kept going up. It blew through a lot of the targets on Wall Street. And what did the strategists do? Did they get cautious? Did they get get, uh, a little bit more conservative? No, they all raised their numbers rather than say, you know what? This sounds like it's getting a little bit out of hand. And everybody is
4: talking about what's what's
5: happening okay. in rates, Well, obviously.
4: Now, now, when you talk about rates, what I say to myself is, okay, I wake up this morning, someone tells me, some joke, hey, it's 2.8, it's 2.8, it's 2.8. Now, of course, I remember it was 8.2, and that was still a great time. So 2.8. Scott, are we going to have to endure this at 2.9, at 3.0? at Because I got news for you. This economy is so hot. These are too low. These are what? too, is it every single tick? Then you and I are going to come in here and say, let's do a special.
5: The people that I've been speaking with over the last hour say they wouldn't be surprised one bit if rates continue to rise in the near term? And then stocks are going to have a problem with that. Could you get to 2.8? Uh, to Could you get to 3? Could you get to 3.2 in fairly short order? Why couldn't you? If, if technically rates now have momentum to keep moving higher, why couldn't you get to that level? And if you do, are stocks going to have a problem? Probably. Ooh. Now, look at Monday morning. People okay. are watching for Monday morning. If rates stabilize a bit. Do stocks still go down yeah, off see, the open? See, this is what I think it's perhaps, a, it's yes, a two-sided
4: but- coin. I mean, you know, we're not going to get a lot of, of news this weekend other than perhaps, of course, an eagle win that would make me feel like, no, wait a second, the economy accelerated again overnight? But the problem is news travels too slowly. And we get that employment number this morning, and it's going to be talked about Monday. So it may be too soon. But I think that this idea of relentless increase in interest rates, no. You There's could- always breaks.
5: Some of the investors I spoke with said, look, it, even if rates stabilize into, say, Monday, okay. early Monday, you could have stocks sell off off the open, but go higher by the well, end that, of the day if rates don't Then that's why I'm so glad higher. we got
4: this panel, because we're going to find out what to buy right. and, of course, what to sell. We got so much, man. Mem- I like this show. Hey, listen, Dow 666, like my buddy says, is ominous. <laughs> but don't panic. That was for suckers. I'm buying some buying opportunities with some of CNBC's best. But first... How the heck did it happen? I'll reveal what was behind the brutal decline just ahead. Stay with Quinn.
3: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sue Herrera with some breaking news on Wells Fargo. The Federal Reserve Chairwoman Janet Yellen has ordered Wells Fargo and Company to replace four of its board members and face restrictions on its asset growth. The Fed's order limits growth in the firm's total consolidated assets beyond the levels reported at the end of 2017 until and unless it receives uh, prior approval from the regulator. This is a quote from uh, Janet Yellen. We cannot tolerate. Pervasive and persistent misconduct in any bank and the consumers harmed by Wells Fargo expect that robust and comprehensive reforms will be put in place to make certain that the abuses did not do not occur again. She says the enforcement action we are taking today will ensure that Wells Fargo will not expand until it is able to safely and with the protections needed, manage all of its risks and protect its customers. Basically, the. Uh, Fed is ordering them to replace three current board members. They will do that by April and a fourth by the end of 2018. That's according to the Federal Reserve press release. Wells Fargo has just issued a response saying that we take this order seriously. We are focused on addressing all of the Federal Reserve's concerns. That's according to the CEO, Timothy Sloan. He's also the president of uh, Wells Fargo. It's important to note that the consent order is not related to any new matters, but to prior issues where we have already made significant progress. So you are up to date. Wells Fargo being forced by the Federal Reserve to replace some board members and also limit its asset growth. Jim, I'm going to send it back to you.
4: Thank you so much, Sue, and just on Wells Fargo, I know that many of us have been surprised that the Federal Reserve didn't do something earlier. Uh, I think this is a little more extreme than I thought that they might do, replacing, demanding that the board change. Uh, More importantly, this limit of assets, this stock has been red hot. It's actually been one of the leaders in the bank group. It's up 5% for the year. And when you cap assets, obviously, you lose what is, one of the best narratives that was occurring at the bank, which is we're in recovery mode. But, of course, they did uh, give, the Fed gave them an L. If they can fix the governance, then the assets will come back. Still, uh, Scotty? not what you want to wake up to on Monday morning.
5: This is one heck of a last move from Janet Yellen before she officially walks out the door and Jay Powell sits in that chair. They also excoriated the former lead director, Steve Steve Sanger, Sanger, and John Stump, the former CEO as well. I wonder if this changes the entire investment dynamic based on the exact thing that you just said about limiting their growth. Um, This is pretty damning what the Fed has done. And we
4: got lucky here because we've got John Najarian, Pete Najarian. Great
2: to be with you, Jim. And,
4: and we're just going to start Flattered. with this Because this is one of the. thank you, thank you. This it's is awesome. one of those events where, uh, it, you know, you, it's kind of a Friday night surprise. It, it is. It's not what we would have expected. We thought that Wells Fargo not only was clean slated, but had become many people's stock to own. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the net interest margin was going up. It's north of three, yep. which of course is what they make on the deposits. It had become the way to play the tightening cycle. Is it still Well,
0: you know, I I love this name. It's had an incredible run, and not just this year, but actually going into the end of last year. And this is one of those names that when everybody beat it down, you had to start looking at the company and saying, okay, going from here, where are they going? And it seemed to me it was nothing but up. Yes. This is something that I think it's going to pull back the reins a little bit because until things are cleaned up, they're limited. And because of that limitation, that's going to keep them back, I think, a little bit, Jimmy. I own the stock. I bought it. I was very fortunate. I got it at a pretty good, good level. But this does concern me, and I think it's going to
4: concern a lot of investors in terms of the future growth. Yeah, it's interesting you said because what I'm most concerned about here with Wells is that uh, it had been a place to run. Mm-hmm. One of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was, hey, listen, if the economy's so strong and <laughs> yep. we're going to keep getting rate hikes, well, I mean, doesn't that mean we can go buy and the style, you know, fill in the blank Wells Fargo? Yep. I mean, that story's
2: off the table. Right. Now you... With uh, the loss they suffered today, Jim, broad market loss, you know, that affected virtually everybody, Scott, and all of a sudden you add in another three and a half, four percent 4% almost in the after hours, you're talking about a 6% sell-off in one day. Right. Um, I think it probably carries into the mid-50s, mid-to-high 50s on this move. Um, but then because it's more of a you just can't grow, not that you have to shed businesses right. and so forth, I think they can come out of this smelling pretty good. Uh, But I think it's going to be a painful few days or a few weeks for Wells Fargo shareholders Mm -hmm. when some of the biggest Holders basically decide this is one I don't this, want this, on my right, sheet. This right. is
5: one of the problems with these when there's blood in the streets sort of trades, right? And that's sort of the justification yeah. that y- you had made at the time, right. is that this stock got hammered so much and maybe too much, so, so you were willing yeah, it to take Over the low 50s,
4: it was a buy. However,
5: you sometimes don't understand the underlying risk that still exists in a name because of the regulators and what could happen down the road. Janet Yellen walks out the door. And she slams them on the way out the door uh, in a way timing. that maybe
4: fundamentally changes the way them. you need she to view this them. stock. Well, yeah. You know, just in terms of the way that news works, I think it's important. We're doing a live show out here in Minneapolis, and uh, I get handed a piece of paper. It says, "Fed hits Wells Fargo. It just getting kind of says bank can no longer add assets." And I say, "Okay, name me something that would make it so Monday's real ugly." <laughs> and we got it. And I don't think you could get a worse, a worse piece of news for the incredible ETF that have been right. the financials.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, this is a huge impact, and it's yeah. going to be something. But it's it's not that this was completely out of left field. I think that the part that's interesting to me is the timing of this whole thing. The fact right. that Janet, on her way out, decides, you know what? Hey, hey. by the way, why is it now, Janet? She was why, the overseer. She was the well, overseer. She was sort of
4: oversaw before this. Yeah, this has
0: been going on long yeah. enough that I'm sh- I'm not yeah. sure why it took till now for her to make uh, this I, I think And I won't be
2: surprised, Jim, if the biggest shareholder in Wells Fargo steps up to the plate Mr. early Buffett, next week. If he's
4: allowed <laughs> to, because remember, he's at that he's bumping up against yep. that ceiling. Yep. You'd have to ask Fed permission. I don't mm-hmm. think the Fed's going to necessarily want him to cause a floor in the stock. I think they want to cause pain. Now, they're going to cause pain with this news, except for it's going to be, that may be the blast zone, but there could be a ripple effect because that stock could be down so much that the ETF, but they're pulling down some of the more solid ones that we have been, uh, let's say, fortress balance sheet with. Mm-hmm. JP Morgan, what does it do?
2: Well, I, I think you use this as a pairs trade for sure with that. I, I like mean, that. Uh, that seems pretty logical. I, I'd want to be picking up JP on that. And I do think that you're likely to see pressure on Wells Fargo, like I say, into the High fifties, even mid fifties, perhaps. Right. Um, but if you can get somebody big and maybe if it's not Warren Buffett, Jim, maybe it's somebody else that steps up and says, Boy, uh, like Pete said, this is gonna be a lack of growth when they're held back until April or thereabouts until these board members are replaced. I bet they get replaced Could sooner, be Scott. It. Right. It's be, oh. Isn't it but
5: gonna be split. harder? They gotta move. is it gonna be harder to make a, a call like that, Jim, when, when let's say all the banks are are, are down on Monday morning. And you know the environment right. that we suddenly feel like we're in, and maybe it could continue for a bit. Are you really going to jump in on Wells? It's not that, no. When, it's, when it goes down, uh, early It'll be hard. Too early. It'll be hard early. to do that. Yeah. I can see you doing Too it with early. the other banks. Yep. No, because no, you think absolutely. rates are going to go up. Pulls
4: it down. But yeah, you know, look. This is a major piece of news, and I don't want to. Didn't want to sugarcoat it. It's yeah. not what. Yeah. Not and, you know. You would have liked to have had a big buyback from Wells, not yeah. the Janet Yellen pulling this. Janet Yellen, who I thought was so past tense, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Much more mad money had from Minneapolis. Hey, why are we here? I forget. I think it's because of Wells. You think we're going to bury our heads in the sand after down 666 day? Nope. and ominous point total, as Scott mentions, not in your life. This starting lineup is picking up. A, we're going to pick among the rubble, uh, including the newly revised rubble that Janet Yellen just gave us <laughs> to figure out what to do. So why don't you stick with Kramer, stick with Watner, stick with the Nigerians. I don't know. Stick with uh, the game. Right back. All right. Well, I don't want to do any kidding aside. It was a bad day for people, right? Yes, and we were just during the break discussing this notion of what Janet Yellen was going to do to the market. But let's say, it, it, let's be, have a little perspective, two and a half percent, not <laughs> the end of the world, doesn't roll back even the year. It barely rolls back in a couple of weeks in January, but it hurts. And it hurts so much that I think you might be blind to some opportunities. So back again to help us uncover these names and see what we should be doing, CBNBC, Scott Wapner, and Pete and John Nigerian I'm so thrilled you are here, Scott. You were working the phones. I know uh, we thought that this was going to be a different kind of Friday We thought, you know what, Coronation Week, we had a big bounce, maybe we rally. Uh, and then what we got was uh, definitely panic. Did anyone say, you know what, overdone? Here's a couple of things I'm looking at, a couple of sectors. I think that...
5: The narrative on that may have been different had we already not had a, a heck of a volatile week, right? Volatility came back in a big way um, right. this week. This, I think, Jim, has become, for many of the people I talk to, a wait-and-see market. Wait and see what happens with rates. Um, are they really poised to take off a bit and go through three? Three is the line in the sand, I think, right. now, considering where you are. And, and you know, the good investors uh, and the ones who are, are taking today's pain a little bit easier are the ones who have been hedged the ones who have taken the pain before by being short bonds and long stocks. And now they're going to, you know, even though stocks are going down, they at least have some protection through that that bond hedge that they've had on.
4: All right, Pete, would you take off any puts on Monday?
0: Um, you know, depending on where we open, mm-hmm. then I would start considering it. I mean, we were talking about some huge put trading just the other day in the SPY on closing bell. Right. And some huge profit taking, but also rolling down out in April, the 270s, going to the 256. Not to be too complex but people taking money off the table, but putting a little bit more money back into the game, further downside in case we see a sell-off like we saw
4: today. Okay, John, let me ask you. uh, Sure. There was an element, uh, uh, let's say at 2.33 o'clock, where people could have thought maybe it's time, but nobody did think it was time at the end of the day. So are there people, I mean, this may be the wildest thing in the world. Did anyone think, you know what, I just saw the bottom? Uh, I, I think there could have been some people that thought that,
2: but at, like to your point, Jim, there's an awful lot of people who are getting tapped on the shoulder right. at 2:30 and told to sell out yes. or told to buy well, back. Well, explain short- to
4: people at home, and your know, Mad Money's got a you know halftime. We've got tr- unusual activity. Yep. We do have a lot of people at home <laughs> are probably saying, who that? Who's tapping? Who? Yeah. Well, the clearing <laughs> firm is tapping, uh,
2: in particular, hedge funds and things like that that are massively short upside calls in the S&P 500 risk index, which is the VIX. So in other words, when the market goes down and those calls skyrocket when people are seeking protection, a lot of people have done one by two spreads, one by three spreads, things like that. And those people think they're really smart when they do those, right. Jim. But then on days like today, do they have enough money to make it for Monday? And if they don't, then they have to take oh, things half, off. Half, half. And that pushes <laughs> the market even further I, I don't know how you into could, the close. I
5: don't know how you could make a call thinking that have stocks bottomed until you know whether rates have topped i mean i think it's so one and the same you know it, this is not a, a sell-off caused by some other force so to speak it is done because bonds are rise yields are rising faster than people but we have ready to explain
4: that because i think a lot of people who at home would be saying no wait a second they're going up not because necessarily inflation we didn't have big wage growth they're going up because things are so good yep is did it happen did it happen this week that good news is now bad I think because of the velocity, and we talked about this on the halftime today, but it's the
0: velocity of what we're watching. If the rates were just creeping up and creeping up, I think people, the markets could accept that, but when you get violent moves, whether you're talking about the volatility index or you're talking about the rates themselves, when you start to see these volatile spikes to the upside, Boy, I'll tell you what, that's when the market gets very uncomfortable of why. Why are we going up and why are we going up at this kind of a speed? It's been so
4: long since people remember that rates can go up and they can confound people. (laughs) Are there enough? And it's not just the Fed moving rates. This is the market moving rates. Right. And that's going to make a lot of people start to running, well, did the Fed fall asleep? I mean, obviously, the Fed woke up to smack Wells Fargo. But did the Fed fall asleep? Are they is they behind? I mean, you know,
2: that's going to be the dialogue. I don't think they're really behind, but I think the market obviously thinks that the 10 years should be more like three right now. So if you want to say, uh, you know, has Janet, has Janet moved fast enough? Probably not as far as the market, right. but as far as what she needs to do, yes, she's right. moving at a good pace. Powell will
4: carry that same pace, I believe. Well, we're so not done this discussion. It is terrific. Thank you guys okay. for staying with me because yeah. I know there's a lot of other things happening in town. There's a few others. Someone, uh, other someone tell on. my wife. Well, she doesn't know where I am anyway. Hey, the thing the thing is, is, on, a lot of them
5: start later. We're good. Right, <laughs> right, you're you're <laughs> absolutely right. That's Central
4: Time Zone. I'm, I would throw it yeah. off. Man, Money's back into the break. What would it show me out? What would it show me like without the lighting round? It is time for the lightning round. I'm in my no, the cold stock went down. We're taking my clothes back. by standing inside down and Bye bye bye. So, The not down. we play the sound. And then the lighting round is over. Are you ready, ski? Daddy, it's time for the lighting round, Coach We're starting with Tim in Maryland. Tim! Oh, yeah, Jim. How are you? Couldn't be better. Couldn't be colder. Well, how about you? Yeah. Well, a little bit cold back here in Maryland, but, you know. It is what it is. And what oh, do we I got? Ca- I'm calling about KMI, Kinder Morgan. Okay, I want you to I want you to get off the phone and think about how you're positioning your portfolio, because that's one of the worst stocks though in this environment. It's not bad in rising rates. It's bad where I think about oil is and it's done a lot of sloppy things. Iksnay, Kinder Morgan. How about we go to Eve in Massachusetts?
1: Eve. Hey, Jim. My my son is almost 13, and he's here with me, and he's been looking at buying into CMO, but was wondering if it's a little bit too late to get in
4: the game since it's been at an all-time high uh, earlier in the week. I like that it's not all about him. It's also about your son. I think Thermo Fisher is ideal. The stock has had an unbelievable quarter. The quarter was just monster. Casper's terrific, but don't buy it all at once because why? It's too big a dollar amount, and people are selling those stocks. We're not done. We're in Minnesota, for heaven's sake. Let's go to Maryland, Indiana. Maryland.
3: A who's your booya, to you? I, I'd like way. to know about Radius Health.
4: No, you don't want to know about Radius Health. It's the exact wrong stock to own in this environment. We got stocks like Eli Lilly down six bucks this week. We got stocks like Burke. Merck had a pretty good quarter. Pfizer had a monster quarter. Let's stick with those. Let's say no to Radius. Melissa in California, Melissa. Booyah,
1: Jim. My boyfriend and I watch you every day, and we love you. Thanks for all your help. What are your thoughts on all Shopify? Right, no.
4: You know what? It's such a shame that you, you pick a stock that is one of the hottest stocks in the environment. It, it, it's doing incredibly well. A huge short position in Shopify. My thought is is that it's up too much, too fast to be involved in this kind of market. you got to wait 10 points down. Let's go to Duffy in Pennsylvania. Duffy.
1: We are Jim, in falls We Trust.
4: Which one? Duff? Jim, in falls We Trust, I wanted to ask you, I want to get out of Halzyme and sell it and get more of Kratos. Well, no, okay, Kratos, look, you got Lockheed Martin, you got Raytheon down big today. You don't need Kratos, but I do want to sell the Halzyme. And why don't you move into, uh, let's go with General Dynamics right now? It's down the most, and I think it may be the best. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round.
0: The Lightning Round is sponsored by TG Ameritrade.
4: Back again with CNBC's best. Let's talk about next week's game plan with your very own CNBC defensive line. First, I want to ask you, Scott, (laughs) big earnings week still. It's not over, but does it matter?
5: I think it does. Why? I think there are stocks on that list next week, NVIDIA reports. I think if earnings continue to be good, maybe people step back and say, you know what, there's a reason the market has gone up. Maybe it got ahead of itself, but there was a good reason why the market continues to go up, and that's because earnings have been good. I'm also going to be watching for Apple
4: okay, well I want to right? actually I if went Apple board.
5: stabilizes
4: I think Apple is so psychologically important. I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to ask any of the you guys three a's I got alpha'm born a desert island together, okay <laughs> your alphabet I'm Amazon, okay, and well you're I'm Apple. Which one goes off the island?
0: Well, I- I'll tell you what. Um, I look at what Apple's numbers were, and I always look for where they're where are they growing. They're growing in services, and they're growing in China. That to me says it's a winner, despite the fact they're selling them off. Today and obviously it was a pretty harsh sell-off. I think the opportunity right now for the upside is Apple. And throw in all that money, by the way, because we know that money's going to go they
4: into Well, We have capital deployment yet. Yeah. How about you? We're on the uh, island well, together.
0: SkyWorks, uh, I
4: know you. Well, it's on your, your list. They've got earnings Monday. Forty <laughs>
2: percent of their business comes right. from Apple, right. and they've got a billion-dollar business already with non-smartphones, Jim. Internet of Things.
4: Well, you know what's funny for me next week? The one I've been thinking about. Hmm. And I think Skyworks is going to set the tone of maybe reminding us that Apple is inexpensive. But we have a stock. I like to always tell people at home, you know, what, it's not the end of the world. Sometimes you can take a longer term view. We have a company that reports on Tuesday, just a few days before the birthday of Bob Iger. Mm-hmm. And it's Disney.
5: It's Disney. That's right. And I'm,
4: you know, when I think about what happened uh, tonight, what happened this week, uh, what happened to the eight trillion dollars has been created since President Trump got uh, Came elected. Frankly, Disney's nothing to do with those. So I'm looking at Disney as a way for people at home to say, "You know what? I heard this guy, Cramer, said it's not the end of the world. Give me a not the end of the world stock. It might be Disney." For our trading friends, I'm going to give you one. I have always looked at stocks on big down days and say, "Where's the relative strength? What stocks are up? What stock was up gigantically today, and yet would have been up much more? The one that I want to be, which is Amazon." Amazon. I think that stock, the 1,600, 1,700, it's, oh, so it had, to, it had a little way station today. But I think it's going to be right back, and it's going to be big. You mentioned NVIDIA. Mm-hmm. What I want to talk about for a second, is tech just in general too high because of the belief that there's no cyclicality, it's Internet of Things, it's data center, we never have to worry again?
5: We've said in the past that uh, as NVIDIA goes, tech goes, yes. right? So let's see what happens this week. Did did tech get ahead of itself, too? Yeah. I mean, the Nasdaq was such a great performer last year coming into this year. Maybe a little bit. Some of these high-growth names already into this year have been up tremendously. What's Netflix up? You're getting a gift. What's Netflix up in January? I mean, if you
2: missed Apple at 160, if you missed it at 148 when it made that 9% correction, uh, you got to buy it here at 160.
4: I just think that's a screaming deal. All the bears... I saw them call, you know, <laughs> making calls on Apple. They have yet to adopt Samsung. Your buddy, pal, uh, friend, uh, Tony Saganagi, is he, I think he's on a Nokia. I think he's a statement Nokia user. I mean, honestly, I went over his piece. He had a 190 price target. Why don't you take a $230 price target and say, now I'm cutting my price he was target in half. That guy has something to say.
0: Hey, but Katie Huberty raised hers from 200 to 203. She's Katie, been right, today. that's who I
4: answers, follow. But that's okay, I right? like it. Unrequited, the whole right. thing's quite <laughs> okay i said good job yeah absolutely right? because she stuck with it yep. and said it wasn't the end of the world for apple which yep. it is not we've got people who want to own the stock uh, well all right but you know what we haven't heard what would you other than janet yellen's gift to what uh, the shorts and wells fargo what <laughs> must be sold monday even if we open down Give me a sector if you don't want to pick on anybody, because we all have friends in these businesses. You know what? Any
0: anywhere where you've actually been chasing the industrial names that have absolutely screamed to the upside in front of where they really should be trading, I think those are the areas. If you're going to have to sell, what's that? Cat? I'm not a huge sell. Caterpillar, yes. like like a name cat? like Caterpillar, I do you're... too. But you're asking, but it's what would you screamed. sell? Yeah, right. It, it screamed to the upside, and sometimes those can scream to the downside even faster. I'll oh, right. give you one to buy instead. All right,
4: good. Yes. Okay. Clorox. the box. Clorox. You know oh, why? So yes, because <laughs> yes, because. I'm going to have them on next week. Well,
2: because <laughs> Armor All, because of Charcoal, because of Burt's Bees. I mean, mm. all
4: this stuff people are going to buy regardless. And because it was down so much today. One point yeah. down the most in the S&P. Why? Because they only showed 1% organic growth. People feel like that sector is yep. horrible. CLX. Gonna, right. And, you know, buy my it. take is, is that Clorox isn't going away. Uh, don't drink it. But use it. I mean, that's always been the big. That's a big, big negative. Uh, does, under, right.
5: does Under Armour get a Super Bowl pop? Both quarterbacks are wearing Under Armour. No, right? No. See, your guy uh, is too. Not I know. Now. Bra- Bra- uh, everybody not, knows Brady.
4: Yeah. No, it, there's no pop in Under Armour. Or if you get one, you saw. I'm going to give you one because it is okay. so darn cold here. Please. But it reminds me where I am. I know and where you're and going. Where my, and where my father, my father, is best merc- Canada Canada. Goose. Hey, Yeah, stop <laughs> with the percentage. You see that? The goose is going higher. No, 3M. All three Minnesota You're gonna money. Sell local? Oh, Minnesota mining manufacturing, You're selling local. Inga, yes, because the buyback is real. The He's dividend buying. is real. It's the kind of company of that is not screaming; it just goes up over time. It's a great Why? CEO. Because it. Yes, Ingatoline, because it's the best in show. Let me give you one other buy, but it is not going to necessarily open on Monday. It's going to open on Sunday. <laughs> Does anyone mind if I go out with a <laughs> <the> bang? <laughs> right? How much? Do I love this team? And how much does my wife wish that I wouldn't go? Because so in good. the end, if they lose, I don't know if I can play anymore. It's still been day. a great year. It's been a fantastic and, and year. The, Special Minneapolis man buddy. Thank you so much, Scott <laughs> Wapner, John. John Nigerian Pete Nigerian for having our viewers back. So I don't mean to laugh. It's just fun out here. What can I say? Defensive line, go Birds! Like See you, Monday!